It's Your Life is sponsored by James J.C. Cooley. Life is a series of circles and cycles, phases and stages. These are your experiences that teach you the lessons of life. You can either ignore them or embrace them. Welcome to the James Cooley Show. It's your life. James is a motivational speaker, author, military veteran, and founder of the James Cooley Foundation. James is here to equip you to strive for greatness and to overcome adversity. It's time to get equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. Now, Here's the host of It's Your Life, James Cooley. Hello, welcome to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley, and I, I tell you, uh, this is one of those days that, uh, I, you know, I, I tell you, sometimes we we don't even, you know, make it uh, halfway in here without having cranks in our back, nor or, or knees hurting, but it's just hump Hump day! <laughs> I got you that time, my friend. Yeah, you did, man. That was your hump day. There was strong. Oh man, I had to try to throw you off, man, because I know you always ready. You know, I know you always. How are ready. you today, sir? Man, you know I am absolutely fantastic. Um, I spent two absolutely wonderful days michelle and i in studio with my great producer yeah and, i know you're still here locally in temecula but i'm missing your face on the other side of the glass man man sometimes you know we we have to kind of step back a little bit because uh, we've been here ever since saturday you know coming from texas and then uh, remember the week prior to that i was in atlanta and then we traveling again the james cooley show was going all over man so uh we're doing it and uh I just had to uh, just uh, just relax a day. Hey, we need that every once in a while. You got to take a kickback kind of a day. Yeah, but also Noah, because uh, my beautiful bride' birthday is coming up Friday. I hope you and, have some spectacular plans going. Uh, well, you know, uh, Friday we're here. We're doing a show. We're doing all these other type of things. So I started early, Noah. Well, that's it. Oh, that's a very good answer, my friend. You know, my, I surprised this wonderful woman by uh, uh, taking her to um, Jamaica. You know, so uh, uh, and then I took her uh, 30 minutes later, I took her to Hawaii. Uh, and then I decided to take her to uh, Chattanooga, Tennessee. Then I took her to Alabama. Then I brought her back to San Diego. You know, so where I'm going with this, I cooked her jerk chicken, Hawaiian barbecue chicken. I cooked a fried corn, uh, Chattanooga style. I cooked her the famous James Cooley cornbread. And I can vouch for that. It is that <laughs> is more than famous, my friend. Uh, candy yams, uh, Alabama green beans. And you Are know we what? Are we having a feast here on the show tonight? Because I'm hungry. I, absolutely. Noah, guess what? Um, I, I I think I got an email message that says I'm going to be getting some uh, s- some of these uh, delicious treats myself a little bit later on. You're going to get all of it, man. Oh. I mean, but uh, I, I I I am so excited about this show tonight, and you know I tell you uh, we only do hot topics once a month, and we got some uh, hot topics uh, tonight that some I some great contributors that, too. Absolutely, and you know what. Uh, we got my great, 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 great friend, Commander Smile. I've been knowing this this guy uh, for 30 years, man. We served together. We, we know each other. Plus, he's from Tennessee, man, you know, and, uh, you know, but he's not from Chattanooga, so we can't give him that much credit. How you doing, Commander Smile? How you doing? <laughs> and, you know, he's always direct. We got my great, great buddy. Colonel, sweet Lou, Lou, oh, old, old Lou Tana, or something. I'm gonna mess up his name. I'm, I'm, I'm telling. Oh, oh yeah. So everybody knows sweet Lou is uh, a top-notch, world-class jazz artist, and he's also, in, just in case you know, he's a retired colonel. In the army, I mean, full bird. I'm not talking about Lou nothing. We talking about Lou. We talking about Colonel 
Colonel. Yeah. Okay. And, and Michelle keep telling me to get this thing started, but you know, we and we got my my great great buddy, buddy. I mean, one of the, I called him the the weird kid, smart guy, brilliant guy, Josh Goldsmith. And I call him Mo Money, Mo Money, Mo Money Goldsmith. Mo Money. That's right. <laughs> you know what? Uh, but you know, I also want want to listen to know I got my great great co-host here michelle cooley how you doing today doing good i'm excited about the show tonight august 2021 hot topics hot topic can can you uh tell our listening audience before we get started what what topics are we going to talk about today um u.s troops withdrawal from afghanistan covid 19 vaccine and mass mandate and the border crisis well we're hoping to reach all Three of those hot topics, but I, I tell you, Noah, we have never made it to uh, the third hot topic uh, before. We made it. So to much it, passion and opinion, man. It's hard to get through all three. Yes. Yeah, so uh, we got some fantastic uh, uh, panel members. And uh, I tell you, Michelle, can you tell our listening audience what the purpose of tonight's show is? The purpose of tonight's show is to have an open discussion on the following hot topics. U.S. troops withdrawal from Afghanistan. COVID-19 vaccine and mass mandates and the border crisis, bringing insight to our listening audience on some of the issues and concerns regarding these topics and collaborate with our panel and callers on recommendations to solve some of these issues. Can you introduce our great panel to our listening audience? Yes, Joshua Goldsmith has been a financial consultant and life insurance agent for almost 15 years. His passion is helping people towards achieving financial independence. He started Goldsmith Financial in 2012 and works as an independent consultant, clearing through LPL Financial, the biggest independent broker dealer in the nation. His daughter attends MIT and is studying to become an environmental engineer. He resides in Temecula, California, walks five miles a day with his dog, Coconut, and is a member of the local synagogue. Honesty, integrity, and kindness are the main tenets of his life. Then we have Colonel Sweet Lou Orlotosin, Atlanta-based internationally acclaimed jazz vocalist and recording artist. Sweet Lou's latest project is called Meet Me at the Crossroads. The Grammy contending release debuted at number four on the Billboard Jazz album charts just behind Gregory Porter and Nora Jones. During its next three weeks, it rose to number one on the Billboard traditional jazz album charts. While Sweet Lou Orlotosin's music consistently plays displays a unique and energetic creativity is his live performance that is the crown jewel of excitement and engaging modern jazz. Now we have Commander, retired Navy Lieutenant Commander William Smiley as the lead program manager for cybersecurity for the program executive office for submarines, U.S. Navy, retired. William Smiley is responsible for ensuring all program managers, engineering, IT professionals, as well as senior leadership understands what is required for obtaining critical authorizations to operate Okanus, Konas, and at sea for the Department of the Navy. Prior to assuming his current role, Smalley served as a technical area expert, functional security control assessor, liaison for naval systems engineering. This position addressed all risk-related items for the entire Naval Sea Systems Command until May 9th, 2020. Welcome to the show, gentlemen. How are you all doing? How are you all doing today? Doing great, man. Doing great. Doing great. Hey, sweet little man, I tell you, man, uh, it's an absolute pleasure having you on the show. I mean, uh, you've been so helpful the last three, four months. And uh, I tell you, man, it's just an honor because I know that uh, you are very in-depth with all of these topics that we're going to talk about today. You know, we got Commander Smiley. How you doing, my friend? Doing well. How you doing? <laughs> and you know what? uh Commander Smiley is always straight to the point. <laughs> I mean, he's been that way for 30-something years. Absolutely fantastic guy. Been knowing him, served with him. I mean, love this guy. A wealth of knowledge. And uh, he's still doing a lot of things that uh, he did when he was on active duty. Uh, and he's doing them now from an executive level. And we got Joshua Goldsmith. How you doing, Joshua? I'm doing fantastic. Excited to be here, Jay-Z. Hey, man, I'm so happy to have you here. And uh, I tell you, I just wanted to do a quick introduction in the first segment because we're going to take a station break. Then we're going to come back and we're going to delve real deep into hot topics. So I tell you, if you want to be part of the conversation, that's 1-888-344-1170. Again, that's one 888 
344-1170. When we return, we delving directly knee deep in hot topics. It's your life. I'm James Cody. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. Hi, I'm James Cooley, host of the James Cooley Show, It's Your Life. And in the new audio version of my book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, you can join me as I share my true life story of struggle and success in America. It's both a cautionary tale and a roadmap to achieving the American dream. Get the new audio version of my book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, on Amazon and wherever audio books are sold. The J.C. Cooley Foundation is a nonprofit organization that was started in October of 2014. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. We hope that you'll be able to take part in one or more of the many exciting events that we're offering this year and experience firsthand the pride we take in supporting our cause. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow, and we rely heavily on the generosity of individuals and business owners for support. Without the assistance of community-minded individuals just like you, we wouldn't be able to serve our youth each year. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. This year's goal is $50,000. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. Remember that every donation makes a difference regardless of size. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, The True Life Coming of Age Story by James J.C. Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet by James J.C. Cooley available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. The Answer, San Diego. Streaming now on iHeart.com and Odyssey.com. It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Now, here's your host, James Cooley. Hello, welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley, and uh, it's time for us to really delve off into... uh, Hot topics, and if you want to be a part of this conversation, that's one eight 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 three four four eleven seven. Again, that's one eight 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 three four four eleven seven. Michelle, be- before we get started, can you remind uh, uh, our listening audience what what are the hot topics? The hot topics are U.S. troops withdrawal from Afghanistan, the border crisis, and um, vaccination and mass mandates. Okay. First topic: U.S. troops withdrawal from Afghanistan. Biden acknowledged that a continued U.S. military presence in Afghanistan would not alter the course of the country and stressed that it was up to the Afghan government to chart its own path. He argued that the U.S. accomplished its initial goal of weeding out al-Qaeda and killing its leader Osama bin Laden, and there was no justification for keeping troops there. First question, do you agree with the administration's plan to withdraw U.S. troops from Afghanistan was a well-thought-out plan? If not, what issues do you believe should have been considered before this plan was put into effect? Let's start with you, James. Well, um, uh, I do not agree that uh, we had a plan uh, to withdraw the troops, uh, uh, especially the troops uh, from uh, Afghanistan at this particular time. Plus, I spent 23 years in the Navy as retired Navy officer. And there are certain protocols that we must follow in order to ensure that uh, everyone is protected. And I, I totally disagree with the plan or if there were a plan. I know under the previous administration there that there was orders and there was a plan, a send by plan, but there was no instruction that military as a military officer. It's certain things that I believe that we should follow, and I don't think that the current administration or the previous administration followed those. First of all, we, we if, if we're going to evacuate or we're going to get out of a situation that we're in, and uh, we're in a, a, a foreign adversary or country, we have to plan to make sure that we get all Americans out first. 
I mean, that's the first thing we have to do is concentrate on how we going to get our people out of uh, this country or out of that situation. So I don't think that uh, that was well thought out. Secondly, I believe that we must have troops there to protect and, and ensure that uh, orderly conduct and everything that's in our plan is followed. And uh, if we're going to close down an embassy, we have to make sure that we already had that thought out on how we're going to uh, get our people out, how we're going to get our equipment out, how we're going to get all of those things out. I, I still don't understand that plan right now. Third, <laughs> we made a deal uh, with the Afghan people that we was going to uh, be there, support them. They're going to support us. and We're going to fight side by side with them to make sure that, hey, we, we bring in order. We're we making sure that this is stable and we got your back and you guys got our back and everybody got each other back. And uh, I believe uh, I'm just saying that for us to turn our back, if that's the case, and just leave them in this situation and we gave our word, that is wrong. To me, that's wrong. Fourth, I believe that we got to get all of our equipment. We have to have a plan. We cannot leave our equipment and our, our, all of this stuff there for the Taliban to take over and do what they want to do. And they have some of our technology. We have to figure out a plan on how we're going to get that out. And fifth, last but lot, not least, Michelle, we have to make sure that you know, once all of this is taken care of, that's when we start moving our military out. <laughs> I mean, I mean, once we done uh, made sure that everything else is taken care of, then we move the troops out. We don't move the troops out first uh, because I don't believe that uh, there would be any order. And plus, that's not how I was taught as a military officer uh, to uh go so in the order that i just mentioned that's the order that's my understanding that's how i was taught to do things colonel what are your um what is your response and thoughts on that question mm. it's a big topic it's a really really big topic i think you have to really take a look at everything that's involved and also first of all we go to afghanistan for a particular reason that's to kind of uh, avenge 9-11 because they were harboring uh, Al-Qaeda, as we, we recall. I was actually happened to be on that first uh, wave into Kabul, so I remember it very well. But <clears throat> I think as time went on, mission began to creep, and as you recall, lots of attention went away from Afghanistan when we went into Iraq. But Afghanistan was still going on. I think what we ended up with is an idea that we were developing a pseudo United States style democracy with all of the support structures that has while we were avenging our 9-11 uh, attack. Unfortunately, all of that time and money that's been invested in building that pseudo-democratic American-style government evidently was enough, because as soon as it gets the first resistance from the Taliban, it falls, it, it fails quickly. Now, James, to your point about there being plans in place and um, I'm, I'm with you on that. And I, I know there always are plans, but the famous poet Mike Tyson said, "Everybody got a plan until you get hit in the mouth." <laughs> you know, and I think that's really what happened in this case. the The plan was to hand things over to the Afghanistan government, which we had built over the last 20 years, along with the military, which we had built over the last 20 years. But when they got hit in the mouth, they didn't fold, they ran. So wow. now you, that leaves the military there, our military, 
holding the ball. We don't have we, we can't hand it off to anybody because the twenty year investment that we made in Afghanistan didn't give us anybody to hand off the ball to so we can leave and execute our plan. So when you get hit in the mouth and you're not prepared, you end up with the kind of situation that we're seeing and all those sequel and, and all those sundry problems that come to bear, like what we saw at the Kabul airport and those other things that we're hearing reports of. Our, our people, American citizens, American uh, military in some cases, not able to access the resources to get back home. So we so the problem is, is I think many folks. I think we have to one be strong enough to protect the assets that we have in country. That's all citizens, and of course military. And I, I don't think right now we're there because we are uh, at the position that we're at in the retrograde. My thoughts. Thank you, Colonel Commander. What are your thoughts on this question? Well, I, I echo both uh, Lou and James. Um, I, I had the great opportunity to be in every campaign starting from the early 80s, you know, that led up to Iraq and Afghanistan and going back um, in the area and, and out. So we always have an extra strategy, and we always have contingency plan. But again, in this case, the extra strategy was, was turned over to someone that really didn't want to be turned over to. All right. Now, I say that from a training perspective. So from a military perspective, we went over there to train, and we did, to give that handoff to um, the folks in Iraq. And from a military standpoint, and also from civil service, their police force. But after a few years, you, you get comfortable, you know, it's one thing to go in and train someone and then say, okay, now you have the ball early on in the process. Like after four or five years, they say, you're leading me now. I've taught you. Now I need you to be in front, lead, and I will support you. Um, we didn't do that. We continued with sustainment. And so if I've come from the old analogy, if you're going to do it for me, why should I do it for myself? Right. So, yeah. We, that's what we did. So now we come to where we're at right now. And in this, in this case, the strategy, again, was to get people out, but there was no clear-cut strategy, as mentioned before. The idealism is to first get the embassy out and the American and all the contractors, everybody that's reported from a U.S. perspective. But we all know, and, we, and I say we all know that in the lead of chaos, Right, it was already chaotic. We already knew the Taliban was already taking um, a lot of ground before our extra strategy. So what does that mean? If I'm the adversary, you're leaving, and I'm going to just take it all. And that's what happened. That's mm -hmm. five months. So we should have had still a contingency there to keep at least Kabul in almost a democratic state. Right. But, but here you go, when I, I'm on end with this, when we say democratic. We're in countries that have been fighting since the dawn of time, right? And I'm going to end, when I say end on that, you have to believe in something. So I think everybody here on this line believe in be it Yahweh, God, Jehovah, whatever we call our God to be. When you're fighting someone that has that, true religious belief and the belief in Allah saying that, hey, I will die for you um, unequivocally without being uh, inhibited with any drugs or alcohol, you already got a very unique adversary. Right? Mm -hmm. So wow. when you step into that environment like that, you also have to understand, you have to understand your, your actual area, you know, to beat someone, you have to understand where they're coming from. And we didn't go in there with an understanding of this is their true way of life. They've been doing this for a long time. 
how do we get both parties to come to something amicable? Right. You, you, you're absolutely right, right, you uh, Commander. But you, you know, uh, Commander, hold that thought. We're going to take a station break. But we're going to come back. We're going to pick it up with you. We're going to get with Joshua. We're also going to get with Noah on this. Uh, but this is uh, such a hot topic that uh, I think we need to continue to talk about it. We're going to take a station break, but we'll be back with It's Your Life. And I'm James Cooley shortly after the break. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity. Coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. There is much truth in a journey that ain't over yet, as all of us journey through life's precious gifts of time, just like I have. Hi, I'm James Cooley, host of the James Cooley Show, It's Your Life. And in the new audio version of my book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, you can join me as I share my true life story of struggle and success in America. It's both a cautionary tale and a roadmap to achieving the American dream. This is a must-listen-to for anyone who thinks they are stuck in life or need to understand that their current situation is not their final destination. Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet, is the unfiltered truth to provide hope for the future by challenging you to refuse to become a victim of life's circumstance and dare to be an overcomer because a bigger, better, and a more impactful life awaits you. Get the the new audio version of my book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet on Amazon and wherever audio books are sold. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, The True Life Coming of Age Story by James J.C. Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet by James J.C. Cooley available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. Noah Dingley here, producer of The James Cooley Show, It's Your Life. And the new audio version of James' book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, is a must-have. James shares his true-life story of struggle and success in America. It's both a cautionary tale and a roadmap to achieving the American dream. Get the new audio version of Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet by James Cooley on Amazon.com or wherever audiobooks are sold. FM 96.1 North County and AM 1170 San Diego. The answer. It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Now, here's your host, James Cooley. Hello, welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley, and I tell you, we're talking about uh, hot topics today. And our first topic is uh, Afghanistan and uh, the things that are happening, uh, uh, how we perceive uh, the process and whether it's successful at the moment or not. We got uh, some great, great uh, panelists. Uh, you know, uh, we got we got Colonel uh, Olu uh, Tosis, uh, uh, Sweet Lou is what we call him. Uh, we got Commander Smiley, William Smiley. We got Joshua Goldsmith. Uh, you know, of course, you got myself, uh, Michelle. How you got Noah? How you got? You know, so. Um, if you want to be part of this conversation, that's one eight 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 three four four eleven seventy. Again, that's one eight 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 three four four eleven seventy. Now, uh, Michelle, can you re re ask the question? And this uh, Commander Smiley was uh, in the midst of it, and we need to uh, get the rest of that because it's so important with this topic. The question was: Do you agree with the administration's plan to withdraw U.S. troops from Afghanistan? Was a well thought out plan? If not, what issues do you believe should have been considered before this plan was put into effect? Um, Commander Smiley, you were in the you were in the middle of um, addressing that question. Yes, uh, I, I'll just start off with uh, um, being 
amicable to the situation. So um, I want to make sure we get to Josh there. So I will give a question to the audience and then um, finish off with this thought. It's like being a parent, right? As parents, we raise our children and we also become crutches in some cases, right? So I'll say from Afghanistan, Iraq, and, and most of the majority of our campaign, we become that crutch to that country. So um, again, if you're that crutch, why should I worry about be worried about walking myself? So my question would be to everyone is, hey, if I'm your friend today and we were fighting, and then tomorrow I say I'm not your friend and I let you go off and fight someone else, how would you feel? Right? Because it's more than just us leaving Afghanistan and Iraq at this time. It's perception. If I say you're my friend today, and I gave you support to fight, but then I leave you to the dwellers of your own country implosion with yourself, how should I feel about you in the future? So um, with that, I'm, I'm going to turn over to Josh. I know he, he got some, some good thoughts on that on this topic too, and uh, I appreciate hearing from him myself. Wow. Commander Smiley, that was deep. Um that was a, a great analogy, and yes, sometimes we 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 have to take away the crutches, just like what what you mentioned. And our kids have to learn to walk by themselves. They have to learn to protect themselves. They have to learn to uh, do for themselves. So, hey, thanks so much. Thanks so much, Commander Smiley. Thanks, Josh. What are your thoughts on the question that was asked? Well, the um, it, great comments, everybody. Uh, you know, the the first part of the question is a well thought out, is it a well thought out withdrawal? Of, of George Bush got us into this twenty years ago, right? And uh, with no exit strategy, uh, no exit strategy, and we're still scrambling to find out what that could be and what it looks like, and it's being presented and shuffled around uh, throughout government. Uh, but, you know, what are the issues? You know, uh, wh- who is our enemy here? You know, our enemy, there, there's, look, there's two different kinds of enemies that exist. There, there's the fear-based enemies, and then there's the irrational enemies that hate for the sake of hate. And, and what you have here are these Al-Qaeda people that hate, they're not, they're not going to be reasoned with. Why have we been there for 20 years? It's not because we didn't have an exit strategy, I believe. I think we could have pulled our troops up any time. It's because we're dealing with such a difficult enemy here. And we know, I think we know our enemy better than, better than what we think we know, you know, better than what the American people think we know, because we've been there for so long. We, we leave, American, the United States pulls out, Afghans collapse, Al-Qaeda takes over, now Wait, we were even fighting on their soil. Since 9-11 happened, we were fighting, you know, that was an attack on U.S. soil. What's going to happen when we leave now? This has been the age-old, ever since we, we, we entered in there, this has been the question that, they've been, that we've been asking ourselves. You know, what's going to happen when we pull? Now, is it going to come back to the United States here? Are, are we going to have some, some sort of attack? And, and I'm concerned about that. You know, uh, so, you know... It's, it's, it's a very difficult situation, but, but so I, I, I thought it was on the fence, but, you know, talking about, you know, I'm actually, I, I believe, look, the United States was never invented to occupy. We don't occupy countries. We don't take over countries. You know, this is not what the United States is about. However, we've got to think of a, a better plan here uh, than just, hey, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna shuffle around. Number one, we're not doing it in the right, right way, J.C. I agree with you in your answer. You know, we're not, uh, the logistics of it is not happening correctly. But at the same time, should it be happening at all? You know, let's prolong it another year. How about just one more year? Let's just see what happens mm-hmm. in another year. You know, look, there, there were some deals made with Trump. There were some deals made with the Trump and Al-Qaeda. And then, and then Biden was trying to, you know, uh, improve upon those deals. 
Well, you know, some of them were, were uh, you know, they, they went back on. Some of them they, they fulfilled. But, you know, look, they're, they're, we taught the Afghan people, and they outnumbered al-Qaeda four to one. And, and when it came down to it, the Afghan people put their, you know, and, and when they were confronted, they, they put their arms down. They, they, they put down their weapons, and they, and they more or less surrendered. Well, you know, the United States is still there. So you know it's not it's not a complete collapse right now, but, but there's big there's big stakes here. There are very big stakes, and not to mention you know it's it's, it's all of Western world that they view as the enemy. It's not just the United States. It's it's their way of life. Wow. Yeah. I, but Josh, I, I believe that you know we made a decision uh, to go in and support, and once we give our word uh, to anybody we have to keep our word and we have to have this uh, exit strategy on when we're pulling out so i I thanks so much uh that was that was great Noah. what what are your thoughts well hopefully i have a chance to get it all in here i'll you know try and speak as clearly and quickly as i can i agree with all three of you all three of the people that have spoken uh so far or actually four uh jc commander smiley joshua lou you've all made some just tremendous points I don't agree that the administration has had any plans to withdraw the troops. I mean, obviously, they're doing it, but as far as how to do it, no, there's no plans. It's too much of a mess. And eventually, they need to leave to some extent, but we have – there is interest in the area. We need to protect America's interests, so there should be some presence there to keep stability in the area. Uh, but the troops don't leave, in my mind, until everything else – I believe JC said it – until everything else is handled. There's no well-thought-out plan here. It's messy. It's unorganized. You know, and I've heard the U.S. Embassy is now telling U.S. citizens, don't go to the Kabul airport. You're, you're not getting out. And the number one priority, in my mind, from the U.S. should be every single American, with, without exception, is out. No one is left behind, and the buck stops with Biden. He needs to make sure that happens, deadline or no deadline. And now that there's equipment falling into the hands of the Taliban, who is, I'm sorry, they're terrorists. Uh, how did that even happen? It's, it's so, it's reckless. And we're allowing it to happen. Why are we allowing it to happen? And there's, there's even a report right now that there's some California students and parents that were, they were there uh, and they're, they're stranded and trapped after the Taliban takeover and they have no plans on being able to get out. So... While the White House and military are talking with the Taliban, the last time I checked, we don't negotiate with terrorists. We should be telling them exactly what's going to happen. And I know we're coming up against a break, but I'd like to either have um, JC, Commander Smiley, and Colonel Liu answer real quick or back from the break how they would handle this situation because it's not being handled. Well, I, I start that off. Uh, how much time we got to the break? Though? Uh, we got about one minute till the break. Okay. Okay. So... Uh, this is what I would do. First of all, uh, you have a new administration come in. I would have evaluated the situation completely uh, before making decisions. And I would not have uh, banked on what the previous administration had done because it's, it's a different philosophy. It should be. And so I would have thought of all of those things out. I would have listened to my military uh, leadership. I mean, my generals, uh, SESs is what we call it. I, I would have uh, also uh, listened to our intelligence, not saying that they didn't do that, but all of those things are important before making a commitment to do anything in a situation like we are in right now. I agree. You know, so uh, I agree with you uh, uh, wholeheartedly on, on a lot of things, and I, I do believe that uh, the military uh, should be there. Uh, until everything is done but i tell you what we're going to take a station break but Noah, when we come back uh please re-ask that question let's give uh the colonel sure i will and, and uh the commander an opportunity to uh respond to that it's your life i'm james cool we'll be back shortly after the break there's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity coming up on it's your life with james cooley 
The J.C. Cooley Foundation is a nonprofit organization that was started in October of 2014. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. We hope that you'll be able to take part in one or more of the many exciting events that we are offering this year and experience firsthand the pride we take in supporting our cause. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow, and we rely heavily on the generosity of individuals and business owners for support. Without the assistance of community-minded individuals just like you, we wouldn't be able to serve our youth each year. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. This year's goal is $50,000. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. Remember that every donation makes a difference regardless of size. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, The True Life Coming of Age Story by James J.C. Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet by James J.C. Cooley available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. The Answer San Diego, streaming now on TuneIn.com and Odyssey.com. It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Now here's your host, James Cooley. Hello, welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley, and I tell you, uh, as a military veteran and, uh, you know, the I believe in everything that I was taught uh, in the military. And I know just like uh, the colonel mentioned about um, Mike Tyson saying that uh, uh, you never know what type of situation or circumstances you are until you actually there and you get hit in the mouth. <laughs> you know, you get hit in the mouth you're like, OK, I wasn't expecting that. And so I, I do believe that uh, we we kind of stuck in a pickle right now. But, and I do believe that we can work these things out and we can turn everything into a positive and we put our minds together. That's what uh, America does. That's what we do. We put our minds together. We work this out and we don't just sit in the political goals. Oh, we just going to get them out because it sounds good. We stick around until we make sure everything is done correctly and if you want to be part of this conversation that's one 1170 again that's 1-888-344-1170 well i launched into my answer and again i i touched on some areas that uh, i think everybody touched upon i think we're all in you know a pretty big agreement with how things are being handled over there but that's why i think the the question being asked to to james commander smiling colonel lou is so important on how each of them think it should be handled so we're going to go now to uh sweet lou colonel lou uh what how do you think this situation could have been handled differently and more efficiently to make it not such the disaster that it currently appears to be over there absolutely there's first of all there's no way that anyone could say that this is a smooth operation and smooth is nowhere near this operation whatsoever. So it could have been done much better. That's now on the surface. But then at the same time, you have to acknowledge that this is a very different and unusual circumstance in that <laughs> there was, there was, uh, I made a comment earlier about um, handing off the ball and the government itself, as well as the military already having disintegrated so there's nobody to hand, that off, hand the ball off to. Um, however, that being said, there was something else that you touched on, and, and uh, you kind of indicated that something needs to be done now about the situation to, um, one, get our folks home. And I agree with you completely in that. It's a very, very wicked situation that they're dealing with now. But when you look at the fact that we actually have a small contingency of U.S fighting troops uh, that are on the ground and the, the hostile, if you will, the Taliban controlling everything that's around us. It's a very difficult situation, and I think it's going to take some delicate 
both the force, but at the same time, a little bit of soft power at the same time to get this settled with as little loss of life as possible. Would you say, Colonel Luke, I just think the president should come out and just and, and tell them, hey, this is how we're doing it. This is how it's going to happen. And I'm sorry, but Taliban, you're not calling the shots. Well, you know, he, he can do that. But in reality, right now, the Taliban is calling the shots. They control the ground. You know, so and at the end of the day, when we look at how we fix military problems, at the end of the day, when you control the ground, you call the shot. Yeah. So, and, and, and we get, we, we're in that situation because of mismanagement, true enough. But if you look at the sheer number of Taliban versus the number that we have that could actually fight the fight right now, we could win that fight. Commander Smiley, uh, anything you'd like to add and how we could have done this differently or how we can move forward with this? Well, I, I agree with both Steve Lou and um, James. I guess I, I'm looking at it from a different perspective. The only constant in change is change, right? Um, while being over there, every day was a different change. So if the president looked at looked at what the situation is now versus when he decided to start embarking on giving and bringing troops back, we again we've been going on for two decades saying we're bringing all our military back, right? Two decades. So, and truly, we went through three presidents with this. Right. So the thing of it is you have to look at what it is now. And now is again, you you and I'm gonna say it, you've let my brothers and sisters out there that wear the cloth of this country really out there defend for themselves. I've been in those situations many times where uh, things happen and only two of us were left on ground to either make it the best way we know how to get back and protect the people that we need to be protected. Um, we're going to probably, not probably, we need to reverse and put a few more people on ground. And, and I, hey, I'm torn between that because being there, got buddies that are there that are leaving, um, we need to get them home and unequivocally to the family, but I also need to get our other brothers and sisters home safely too. Because what's going to happen is the longer we play the politic game, the more the Taliban is going to be feeling real um, spunky. They've already got our assets. They've already got some of the weapons. So now they have uh, put their own little pile, stockpile together that was left and it's going to be hard to go back in without a lot of casualties yeah. just to get our people out. So again, if the objective now is to bring everybody home, like we've been saying for two decades, then let's get it, get them and come on home because, uh, the politics is going to be the politics and they're going to have to figure that out at a later date because it's going to be again, like Lou said, Right now, the Taliban is calling the shots because they own the ground. If I own the ground and I own the exit point and I own the actual landing places for landing, not too many of you going to get in there unless you're going you're gonna to really have to take me out. So I, I'll leave it on that note. That's well said. And the time for politics is, is done. And I totally agree. We need to take the politics uh, completely out of this. And I know we're, we're down to about three minutes left. I mean, a little bit under that one. So I'm going to finish this all. You know, I, uh, I mean, listen to everyone and, and you guys are absolutely fantastic with the answers and with your point of view. I mean, in, in my view, I know that uh, we've been there for 20 years. But I believe, and I and I, I kind of go with Commander Smiley. We have to do the job. 
and we have to make sure that uh, uh, if a extension is warranted where we leave troops over there uh, because of whatever the situation is going to be in the next 10 to 12 or two weeks, I believe that we do that. I mean, we have to take the politics completely out of this. I believe that we need to keep our word. If we gave uh, uh, our friendly forces our word that we, we're going to be there for them and that uh, they helped us out and we helped them out for the last 20 plus years, we have to make sure that they are protected. We have to make sure that we get all of the Americans out of there. And our equipment, uh, and because uh, and we 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 gotta leave, but we have to make sure all of these things are done. We have to make sure uh, that uh, we think ten, fifteen years, five years, a year ahead uh, on how this situation can can turn out to make sure that uh, we are ready. Uh, because we might have to go back there, and if we have to start from scratch, we are in trouble. So, first of all, I want to thank each and every last one of you for taking the time to come on the James Cooley Show with your life to talk about this very difficult topic. I mean, the wisdom, the experiences, and that's your your opinions mean a whole lot. I like to thank my great co-host Michelle Cooley for always being here and. And that, I mean, that's that's my rock. I like to thank my great producer, Noah Dingley. Uh, you know, I tell you, Noah, but without you, I couldn't couldn't do a lot of things that we're doing. I like to thank our listening audience for taking time every night to tune in uh, to the show. And uh, you keep in mind that we're always looking for sponsors so we can continue to bring this great message and these great folks uh, to the show. We will be back tomorrow, same time, same place. And Michelle and I will be in studio with you, Noah. Tomorrow we'll be back in the studio. Can't wait. <laughs> yeah, so I, I tell you, we'll see everyone tomorrow. Remember, it's your life. Tune in to the James Cooley Show. Talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for joining us for It's Your Life with James Cooley. To learn more about James, how you can support the show, or become a guest, visit CooleyFoundation.org. Join James weekdays at this same time for more motivation and inspiration to help you become equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. This has been The James Cooley Show. It's your life, where you learn how to dream big, think big, and be big at everything that you do. It's Your Life is sponsored by James J.C. Cooley.